I created for you. World of joy from out of the blue. Hello! The time is 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and this is a DTN Disclaimer News Update from Roots of Justice. In sports, adult language ended up getting a red card in the third quarter during their pivotal match against adult situations. The move was largely viewed as a personal vendetta against a team by referee listener discretion is advised. In weather, I hope you don't have any plans to watch the film Shin Godzilla after this podcast, as there is a massive spoiler warning in effect. The Weather Advisory Board recommends watching the film first, dub or sub, and then returning to the podcast when you're ready. Traffic today is in gridlock thanks in part to opinions that belong to their individual participants and do not reflect dub talk as a whole. We suggest... Hold on. Uh, breaking news, apparently a giant radioactive monster is currently tearing through Tokyo. Someone should probably go do something about that. In the meantime, enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Dub Talk, the show where a bunch of nerds get together and talk about a recent dub or dub announcement. Today we have an incredibly special episode for you guys. Not only is this one of our secret OVA episodes of Dub Talk Summer at the Movies, snuck into the manga that'll never be licensed in the US, but for the first time in Dub Talk history, we're not actually talking about an anime dub. <gasps> Sacrilege, I know. But trust me on this one. Let myself roots of justice and my co-host Amon Hello. be your Sherpa into new worlds. This new world is a little something we like to call Kaiju Flicks. And the title at hand is one of the ones that gave Toho its most successful years ever. The other film being Your Name. Uh, we, we also have an episode for that, too. <laughs> That's right. Today we're talking Shin Godzilla. The big guy himself is finally getting his due. With definitely one of the biggest scale dubs the franchise has ever received. Okay, maybe except the one with Steve Martin in it. <laughs> I always, I always forget that he's called Steve Martin, and it makes me laugh every single time. And in, ni- in Godzilla 1985, it actually has Steve Martin in the movie, the comedian. Oh my god, I didn't know that. That's hysterical. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Alright, so this is kind of an interesting episode. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys in suits talking. Mm-hmm. Yep, a lot of, lot of, lot of formal wear in this episode, and lots of guys in monster suits doing the stompy, stompy. Indeed, we could combine the two, but it's very hard to find a tailor who work on that scale. Yeah, yeah, I, I imagine business wear is hard to get in thirty thousand double X. Yes, you have to, you have to really dig at the back of the rack to find the ones those big. Indeed, indeed. Um, so, in an interesting kind of case, um, we don't have a confirmed ADR scriptwriter on this one. I noticed that. This is very strange, but true. We don't have one currently. However, we do have a director in the form of Chris George, whom you would know from such dubs as Netoke, a.k.a. And You Never Thought There Was a Girl Online. Cringe. The <laughs> uh, Greyman Hollow... Uh, the third and fourth OVAs of Ghost in the Shell Arise, High School DxD Born, Mika Gura's School Suite, Monster Hunter Stories Right On, and Snow White with the Red Hair. And I gotta say, this this is probably like his first live-action movie, mm-hmm. and I don't think he did that bad a job with it. I don't think so. I don't think so either. I hold the opinion 
that especially in comparison to dubbing, you know, anime or any sort of uh, animation, dubbing live action is very hard. Yeah. Uh, and making making it look even halfway decent is like I've seen a couple of live action dubs, uh, but I think the last one I saw was probably for like Kung Fu Hustle, which as a goofy martial arts comedy, you know, if the if the dubbing looks a little wonky, it's okay. It's That's not exactly like, exactly it's not exactly good to distract from the serious plot going on. Uh, obviously, this is a tad more serious than that, but all things considered, I also thought he did a pretty solid job, uh, given, like, I mean, I, I know what my expectations for most live-action doves are, and they're usually pretty rock-bottom, so... Yeah. You know, might be benefiting from lowered expectations a little bit, but uh, I actually thought this was fairly well done. Yeah, it... Hard for me to put into words. Um, mm. Occasionally, there was, like, sentences that would be kind of mashed together because mm. of lip flaps. Oh yeah, definitely. But other than that, uh, it, it was really solid, I, I have to say. Yeah, I agree. Like, you know, I, I, yeah, occasionally you can tell, like, there are instances where, like, alright, here's a sentence we need, here's the lip flaps we have, and, you know, obviously since it's an actual person talking, you can't cheat nearly as easily. Uh, but barring that kind of stuff, you know, he I thought he did a pretty commendable job as far as working with what he had. Mm-hmm. I think like the close the closest I can have to a complaint is occasionally sometimes the recording sounded a little dry, um, but that's about it. And there was one interesting thing I noticed with the uh, with the dub script. Mm-hmm. Uh, this actually ended up being one of the Blu-rays you could kind of flip the English subtitles on with the dub, mm-hmm. so I could catch a lot of the line differences. Mm-hmm. And uh, one really interesting thing the dub does that isn't in the subtitles, they actually refer to Nagasaki and Hiroshima by name in the dub. Really? Which is not present in the subtitles. Hmm. Interesting. And, and I know that's like a big, big third rail in Japanese entertainment. Right. But it is kind of interesting to see that, because, you know... Toho had to have let them do that. Mm. They are so hands-on with the Godzilla franchise. I cannot see them being allowed to just sneak that in. Oh, definitely. Like they, there's no way they got that through without like, like I'm I'm not super aware of how uh, you know licensing for Godzilla movies go, but I've gotten the I've got have gotten the general sense that like if Toho does not okay it, it does not happen. Period. So yeah, that's that is that is pretty remarkable actually. Wow. Yeah, it, it it was something that really fascinated me. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, in part just because, like, you know, I, I I watched a little bit of the sub, but not too much. I mostly watched the dub, uh, so I didn't pick up on that. But now that you pointed out, like, that is that is really interesting. Wow. Okay. Um. So our first batch of characters is actually from the uh, the unknown creature task force, basically formed to uh, deal with Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Uh. We have uh, Hiromi Ogashira, who's basically the fe- the lead female scientist involved in all this. Uh, basically a Ministry of the Environment employee who's basically give- been given this huge role in trying to figure out what this thing is. Uh, we have Mori, an employee of the uh, Health, Labor, and Welfare Ministry, who's basically Rondo's right hand in the Unknown Creature Task Force. Basically, he's the guy who's assigning everybody their tasks, making sure people are doing what they need to do, and all that. And you have Hazuma, who's the uh, who's a biologist at the Chihoku University, who is basically one of the people who cracks the code of Godzilla. Uh, Koryama, crisis management supervisor. I don't know why he's here. He's more of a cabinet employee. And uh, Tatsuhiko Yasuda, basically a guy at a computer trying to figure everything out. So, Hiromi Ogashira is played by Kate Oxley, who you would know as Misha Kreshev in A Certain Magical Index, Misaki Kirihara in Darker Than Black, Lila in Monster Hunter Stories Ride On, and Akane Sumimori in Psychopaths. Uh, Mori is played by Christopher Benz, who you would know as Nino and Aka, Narcissus in The Heroic Legend of Arslan, Hantasero in My Hero Academia, and Life Cool in Yurikuma Arashi. Uh, Hazuma is played by Jeremy Schwartz. You would know him as Admiral Zephyr, a.k.a. Zed, in One Piece Film Z, Oculus in Death Parade, 
the Black King and Drifters, and Sorbet in Dragon Ball Z Resurrection F, and the Resurrection F arc of Super. Uh, Koryama is played by Barry Andel. He is William T. Spears in Black Butler. Zaruba in basically both anime seasons of Garo. Uh, Yorkie in Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood. And Mr. Tubon Clay in One Piece. Uh, Tatsuhiko Yasuda is played by Ian Sinclair, a.k.a. Dandy from Space Dandy. The narrator of the live-action Black Butler movie. Baldroy in the Black Butler anime. And Tatara in The Boy and the Beast. This is quite the cast we've got here already. Yeah, I know. It is. Uh, they are. They they did. They did not screw around with the casting on this movie. I was very impressed. Yeah, like the lower cabinet employees are all like the big name people at Funimation. It, yeah, it's, right. Uh, I really like Ian Sinclair's delivery of uh, Yasuda's outburst when he figures <laughs> out, you know, there's a radiation path from where Godzilla's been traveling. He's just flailing around with his laptop in his hands like, oh, yeah, 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 I got it, I got it. It was very true. I think I, I remember while I was watching up to that point, like, I recognized his voice, but I couldn't quite place, who is that? I know that. I think at that point, it's like, it's Ian Sinclair. Beautiful. It was very good. And I, I do have, I have to commend Kate Oxley on her kind of robotic performance of Ogashira. Hmm. I do have to say, though, that like a lot of the awkward lines from the script are kind of within her character. Mm. But I think with what she's been given, she did a pretty good job with it. Yeah, I agree. I feel like she... I, I think like, I think a, a couple of the people here in general had uh, kind of like tough nuts to crack as far as, like, here's a dialogue you have to say, here's the time you have to say it in. Uh, go nuts. I think she definitely had probably the trickiest of that, but I also think she did a very commendable job of trying to uh, uh, bend her dialogue to, you know, both make sense on screen and also, like, keep up the character she was playing. Mm. Uh, which, especially because, like, I feel, I feel like this is true for a lot of the characters. She did have to deal with, like, a fair amount of kind of, like, you know, expository-type dialogue, which I feel like is even, you know, even within those constrictions, that's just another thing she has to deal with. Right. Uh, and I thought... Denser and drier, yeah. even then... You know the the character dialogue in in the uh, in the movie. Indeed, uh, and I thought even then, like I thought she did a very uh, commendable job getting that across. Yeah. So props props to her. And I also really liked uh, Bevins's kind of middle manager delivery of Maury. Hmm. You know, also also very solid. Like mm. that that seems like the kind of role that he's really good at. Hmm. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, he did. He, he, he like uh, you know. I feel like some of these, especially some of these smaller roles, they fall kind of fall a little bit into that. Uh, you know, not the characters like you know. It's they're a little limited in the sense of like, here's your role. Yeah. Uh, and this is you know, you, you have a little room to play around in, but not too much. And I thought uh, a lot of people like Bevins did a very good job of like fitting into that, but also giving them a distinct enough personality that didn't come off as like generic peons who could have been played by anybody. Yeah. Which I feel I feel is often like an undervalued skill in acting. So. Kudos to him. And uh, also props to Jeremy Schwartz. Because, uh, you know, a biologist at a prestigious university, it, it kind of runs against typecasts mm. from what he's usually been put in as. Usually he's like the tough guy or the deep, wise, introspective elder. Mm -hmm. And this is this is kind of a refreshing change of pace. Yeah. I did, I did enjoy that. I thought it would maybe... One exception we'll get to later. I did feel like there wasn't a lot of like strict typecasting going on in this film, which was which is nice. I enjoyed that. Yeah, and um, unfortunately, there wasn't a lot for to uh, Barry Endel's character. He just mm. kind of he's just kind of there in the cabinet meetings, basically giving advice to the prime minister. And I want to say he's one of the guys who ends up dying in the helicopter. I believe he is. Which you know. Yeah, nothing against him, but yeah, you know, sometimes you gotta have someone to fill those roles. Where like, this is a character; they do things. Yeah, they their their arc is they get blown up with other people. Whoops, definitely. It kind of happens, you know. Giant monster tearing through the city. Yep. Suddenly figures out, oh, I can shoot lasers. What am I gonna <laughs> do with these lasers? Oh, there's so many lasers here. You get a laser, and you get a laser, and you get a laser. Oh, it made them explode. Oh well. All right. So next up, we have the. Uh, mm -hmm. So next up, we have the Minister of Agriculture, Forestry, and Fisheries, uh, Satomi, a, a guy who kind of 
doesn't show up until he's like accidentally the prime minister. Yep. Whoops. <laughs> Which <laughs> I love the delivery of his of his big line, but I'll get to that here in a sec. Um, we have Yanagahara, the minister of transportation. Uh, Sekiguchi, science minister. Basically, the two bottom ones are sort of in the early cabinet meetings, and then they just kind of go somewhere else. Mm. I don't think they were even... I don't think they were even in the uh, in the scenes where the helicopter blows up. So. I, don't, I don't think so. They just kind of like, you know, their purpose is served. Presumably, they evacuate Tokyo so a giant monster doesn't flatten them. Yeah. Uh, so, Satomi is played by Charlie Campbell. You would know him as Gran Torino in My Hero Academia, Lance in Appleseed 13, Keichiro Koibuchi in Princess Jellyfish, and Pochard in Aka 13. Uh, Yanagahara is Arbor Elliott. He's the narrator in Space Dandy. Ginyu in Dragon Ball Z, basically the Kai remake and Super. Uh, Dot Pixis in, I believe, both versions of Attack on Titan, the anime and the live action. And uh, Bookman and DeGrayman. And uh, Sekiguchi is played by John Bergmeier. He's TN in the Dragon Ball franchise. Kurama in Yu Yu Hakusho. Kenya Horikawa in All Out. And Bergman in the EZ of the Last Witch. So, again, there wasn't a lot to Yanagahara and Sekiguchi, but they were in the press release, so I figured I'd add them. <laughs> If they're, if they're gonna, if, they're, if, they're, if animation's gonna put them out there, then we would be remiss to not comment on them at least a little bit, right? Uh, and I feel like they kind of, they kind of fall into the same way as a lot of these like kind of like mi- more minor government characters. This is like they show up, they do a solid job doing their small role, and then they conveniently go away for narrative purposes. Yep. Uh, which it looks weird if you know. Oh, they blew up the entire Japanese government on that helicopter. Oh no. Oh. Well, that's too bad. I mean, at the very least, they're pretty good at griping with each other. Yes, so. they are. <laughs> There's that. Even, even, now, even... Satomi's... Oh, no, 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 I was just going to say, like, you know, even, you know, again, like, they're good at adding that little bit of flavor to something that could be kind of uh, flat. But, you know, let's talk about Satomi, because he's great. <laughs> yeah, he's just... <laughs> He's just like this low-level government employee, but because just because he had the right connections, he ends up the prime minister <laughs> at the <laughs> worst possible time. Somebody from a lower department who gets promoted due to favors would want to be prime minister, and, <laughs> and the first lines he says in the entire movie are the best. It's just like, "Oh, my noodles are soggy. This job's gonna suck." <laughs> Just with all the, like, what am I doing here? I'm not cut out for this. Oh, oh boy. And Charlie Campbell just gives him, like, the perfect old man voice. It's so good. It's just, oh. Oh. I I, I know he's not on screen for that much, just because, you know, he doesn't show up until, like, the halfway point anyways, but he's such a delight when he's there. It's just, mm. <laughs> Just... Just that perfect of, like, I was supposed to grow old and retire in my little know-nothing position. How did this happen? And then all of a sudden, he's thrust in the position of, do I nuke my own country? Do I do I, do I do the thing that no one wants to do so we can have a country to still have? I just, I just want to issue fishing licenses. Can I go back to that? That's all I wanted to do. This is, this is a story about a lot of, like, comfy, comfy government agents having to actually do jobs. And they're not happy about it. Yeah, that that seems like one of the <clears throat> one of the underlying themes of the movie, where it's it's satirical of Japanese government, but at the same time, it's trying to say, you know, if everybody bands together, we can get shit done. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I did a little. I did like some very brief reading about the background, and apparently, the uh, not terribly well organized responses to like. Um, the earthquake in 2011 and uh i think like the tsunami that happened a couple years before that in addition to the uh is it fukuyama the is that where the um nuclear power plant is uh, uh fukushima fukushima thank you like sort of like trying like the not very good government responses to all these various disasters were kind of a big influence on this thing it's like you know you know if we have this much red tape how are we gonna fix anything come on guys 
Yeah. Maybe, you know. But yeah, like, you can you can definitely tell, especially with him, where it's like, I'm not supposed to have an actual job. What? No, I have a cabinet position where I don't have to do anything. That's the idea. What happened? I was put here because I helped a guy once. <laughs> I, fit, I I helped jumpstart his car and he gave me a cabinet position. I don't I don't have any authority. What are you doing? Ugh. Yeah, no, he's he, Charlie Campbell's a lot of fun in this role. He is like a lot on. of his roles in general have been really fun lately. Mm. Especially with <laughs> Grant Torino. <laughs> uh, he's just the lovable curmudgeon. <laughs> Oh no, he's dead! I'm alive! He's alive! You just wanna put you just wanna put his fish cakes in the microwave. <laughs> oh, oh good times. Alright, so next up uh we have basically the military characters in the film. Uh the 32nd Infantry Regiment Commander Tanba. Basically, he's in, like, the last ten minutes spearheading the uh, the Freeze Godzilla operation. Mm -hmm. uh, you have Yo uh, Yusuke Shimura, the Deputy Chief Cabinet Secretary of the Ministry of Defense. Uh, he's around a lot of the beginning of the film. Mm -hmm. Basically, he um, he's with Rondo a lot in the very beginning of the film, up until the uh, Unknown Creature Task Force is set up. Mm. And then you have the actual Minister of Defense, Reiko Hanamori, who really uh, really doesn't do much except advise on the military aspect of taking down a giant monster. When you have to wake up in the morning, you have to figure out how to blow up a giant creature that didn't exist the day before. Yeah. Always a, always a fun task. Perks of the job. Yep. Okay, so uh, Tamba is played by David Wald. Um... You would know him from Attack on Titan either as Hans from the anime or uh, Soda from the live-action movies. He's Hermann Lewis in Gar the Animation. Leonardo da Vinci in Nobunaga the Fool, a.k.a. Drifters with Giant Robots. And he's Murasaki in Drifters, a.k.a. Nobunaga the Fool without Giant Robots. <laughs> Go on. Uh, Yusuke Shimura is played by Micah Solsat, who you would know as Kenshin Himura in the live-action Rurouni Kenshin films. He's best genist in My Hero Academia, Akito Hiyuga in Kokiyasu Akito the Exiled, and Yuichiro Hakiya in Seraph for the End. Because I forgot that in the ping-pong episode. I'm sorry, Megan. <laughs> uh, Reiko Hanamori is played by Rachel Robinson, who you would know as Mo from Akka, Zorn Blitz from Helsing Ultimate, Ifrit in Divine Gate, and Angelica in Show by Rock. So I have to say, while she doesn't get a lot of actual screen time screen time, I really like Rachel Robinson's Reiko. Hmm. Like, hmm. it, her voice really fit, <clears throat> really fit the character. Uh, she sounded like she knew what she was doing, which for a, which when you're playing like a military advisor is kind of an important thing. Mm-hmm. No, I uh, I completely agree. I thought she did. Uh, I like what she uh, she brought to the role. I thought she did a very good job of selling this uh, character, who you know doesn't have a huge role uh, on the whole, but it you know is important while she's on screen. That's so she did a good job of selling us as somebody who's like you know very competent and has a lot of know-how. Like I said, a lot of lot of lot of like kind of small roles where you don't necessarily get room to stretch out, but you still need to nail it and. Uh, you know, like I said, I think that's often an under underutilized uh, skill for an actor to have. How to kind of like pop in, do a role, do it well, pop out. Yeah, she's not around a lot, but her her role is really important in the core of the movie because mm. she is basically organizing the self defense force to try and take down Godzilla. Mm -hmm. Kind of a real important job there. Yep, yep, yep. Not, not. Yeah, very. You gotta have that. Or else uh, everything kind of starts falling apart on you, doesn't it? Yeah. And um, I, I really like Micah Solsad's kind of, you know, keep your head down, don't rock the boat <clears throat> personality that he gave to Yusuke Shimura. I agree. He was, uh, he was pleasant to hear It was pleasant to uh, hear him in there. As, as one of, a couple times, you know, watching us, it's like, you know, you sort of hear, you know, familiar people in there. And 
it's often kind of nice to the sense of like I feel like this is this movie's like a relatively big deal for Funimation, so it's often just nice to hear an actor you like have a part in it, even if it ends up being like fairly small on the in the big scheme of things. Yeah, definitely. And um, while he's not around like at all, he gets like a couple lines here and there. I I really do have to give props to David Waltz Tamba. Hmm, I agree. He doesn't do a lot, but he does well with what he is given. A plus. Yeah. He, he gets, like, the big speech at the end. It's a good speech. So next up, we have a bureaucrat from a vaguely named party in the Japanese government, uh, Shuichi Izumi, who basically kind of helps out here and there, basically giving uh, basically giving Rondo some connections to help him figure out, figure out what Godzilla is, how to stop it, and uh, also to find the mysterious scientist Goromaki, and what he has in connection to the creature. Mm -hmm. And we also have Chief Cabinet Secretary Ryuta Azuma, who's basically one of the big <clears throat> advisory roles to the Prime Minister, also kind of gives rando advice from time to time. Mm -hmm. uh, so, Shuichi Izumi is played by Jeremy Inman, who you would know as Android 16 in Dragon Ball Z, Innocentis in The Heroic Legend of Arslan, the Chief Warden Magellan in One Piece, and Tomoharu Kome in Sakura Quest. And a special note for Ryuto Azuma, who is played by the late Ed Blaylock. Uh, he is known as King Bradley, aka Pride or Wrath, depending on what version of Full Metal Alchemist you watch. Also, Fritz Lang in the movie of the first series which was really kind of a cool thing <laughs> like that, that that movie was great but i digress indeed uh he was fleet admiral sengoku in one piece sebastian in overlord and the director in barakamon so it's it's unfortunate that this may be one of the last times we get to talk about ed blaylock on this podcast yeah I was a very big fan of his King Bradley, and I have to say that if this if this is his final role, this is one hell of a final role to go out on. Mm. <sighs> say he's he's very good in this. It's, you know, you know, like yeah, I agree. Like good thing to go out on, but it's it's sad. He's a uh, jeez. Because I mean, he gets he gets a decent amount. Gets a big meaty role in the first half of the film mm. before Godzilla fully evolves. Yeah, he uh, he definitely he definitely gets to do his stuff and I like what uh I like I like what Baylock brought to the performance. Uh, I thought he did you know, it's the same thing. He did a lot of he he just did well with what he was given. It was it was nice. He brought that nice Ed Baylock quality. Yeah. That make it makes him so fun to listen to in stuff like Full Metal Alchemist and One Piece. It's just, you know, ah, it's so nice. And <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I really have a lot of respect for Jeremy Inman's kind of... He plays the slimy, greasy politician really well. Like, this this is not the kind of role you typically hear him as. He's, like, he's typically, like, the cheery... I mean, what, what can you say about the guy who played J.J.? <laughs> I forgot that he also played J.J. <laughs> Oh. JJ did nothing wrong. Jeez. He's just an ass. <laughs> oh, but he—he's just like this big old greaseball politician. Even through the crisis, he's like, "Oh yeah, Rondo, you, you know you could like run for prime minister in a couple years because of this." <laughs> and hey, don't forget about your buddy Izumi when you rise up to the top, won't ya? Ha cha 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 cha. Like, like I said earlier, I, I enjoyed this. I enjoyed this movie in part because you know I didn't feel like there was that much like typecasting among the Funimation actor pool, but I also enjoyed it because there's luckily a lot of hey, you usually don't get to play characters like this. You wanna you wanna play somebody you know very different from what we usually cast you as. You do excellent. Go nuts. It's a lot of fun. He's just he's so he does he does the slimeball politician so very well. I kind like I kind of I don't like I kind of hope he gets cast with more characters like this in the future because he's a delight. Indeed. Ah, oh, good times. 
Alright, so next up we have the Prime Minister, Seiji Okuuchi, who's basically being thrust into the position of having to deal with a giant monster and getting thwarted at like every turn. Pretty much. It is it is not it is not a good time to be the uh, leader of Japan at the time at the moment. Just nope. Nope. You know that great idea you guys had? Nope. Nope, not gonna work. Sorry. Oh hey, don't worry. This monster will never be able to emerge on land. We'll just wait for it to go across the river. Wait, what? What? It's on land. What? How'd that happen? We don't know, sir. We're still trying to figure that out. And then he gets dead. Yep. It's like, sir, please evacuate. We can hold down the fort here. Turns out that was terrible advice. Yeah. If he just stayed there, he would have been... If he just stayed there, like, in the subway with everyone else, he would have been fine. Yep. Oh, well. It's hard. It's hard to be the guy in charge in these movies, as you level inevitably be blown up. It's it's not fun at all. And also, we have. I'm not sure if he was the aide to Okuichi when he was prime minister, but he was most most definitely Satomi's <clears throat> Satomi's aide, uh, Hideki Akasaka. Also, basically giving Rondo advice to keep his head down. Not present the goofy idea that, oh, <clears throat> the steam cloud at the beginning of the movie might be a monster. <laughs> what is proven wrong. What is this foolishness? There's no monster in Tokyo Bay. Stop this. How are, how are you going to get anywhere in this country if you keep saying, what, there is a monster? No. Oh, well, still stop God doing that. Damn it. God damn it. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh no, we're in a Godzilla movie. We're going to be wrong all the time, aren't we? Ah. Uh, well, well. So, Prime Minister Okuuchi is played by Kent Williams. You would know him as Father in Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, Shiken Kujo in the live-action Black Butler, the Sundance Kid in Drifters, and Deus Ex Machina in Future Diary. Uh, Hideki Akasaka is played by J. Michael Tatum, who you would know as Sebastian in Black Butler, Butch Cassidy in Drifters, Erwin Smith in the anime version of Attack on Titan, and the narrator in Cutto the Right Answer. Now, earlier I was mentioning how uh, I enjoyed how little typecasting there was among the uh, the actors. Yeah. There was one exception, and it's that J. Michael Tatum plays a guy in glasses. It's like... Yeah, well... <laughs> Can't what? escape them all. Nope, nope. And, like, and like, I feel like that's not a complaint. He does a great job in the role. He is excellent casting. But it's also like, you know, yep, it's like, hey, look, it's sort of, sort of, a, sort of a refined, dignified guy in glasses. Hey, Michael, <laughs> we got a role for you. Get in the booth, man. Get in the booth. Come on, it's only, two, gotcha. it's only two hour movie. We can crack this thing out today. Come on, let's go. Hey, Tatum, you want to be in a Godzilla movie? Do I? Do I get stepped on? No. Oh. Do I get to be wrong? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I nailed it. But yeah, he he's sharp. He's snappy. Basically, like everything you would want in a Tatum role. Mm. It uh, it definitely plays to his strengths as an actor, uh, which is which I, I is important I think because he is one of the characters who does show up pretty consistently throughout. Uh, so you know, obviously, you want you want somebody who's going to be on the ball the whole time for that. Yeah, and uh, there's. Not really much to say about Kent Williams' uh, Okuchi. She's just a dude trying to do the right thing and being thwarted at every turn because nobody knows what they're doing. Yep. I, try, I don't remember who says it, but there's a, li there's a line from like early on where they're like trying to figure out what to do, and they're like, I don't know, sir, this isn't in the handbook. Yeah. We don't have emergency guidelines for this situation. Like, a lot of the movie is just, oh... This doesn't have precedent. What do we do? What ministry does this fall under? Can, can we evacuate Where are Tokyo? my pants? <laughs> uh, Get yeah, like, me my jumper. I need to look like I'm doing something. Sir, we told you not to say anything not confirmed. I was trying to calm the populace. Don't get mad at me. Fix this. Yeah, you just made it worse, though. Oh, well. Yeah, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed Kent in this role. It's just someone just he's, he's trying to he's trying to do okay. It's not working out, <laughs> and then he's given bad advice and gets blown up by a purple laser. Yeah. But you know, as far as ways to go, it's not bad. 
Yep, get knocked down by that purple rain. Mm-hmm. I see what you did there. <laughs> Rest in peace, Prince. Rest in peace. And last but not least, we have the aide to the U.S. president, who's basically sent to Japan to deal with Godzilla, because... It might come to America? We don't know. It's like, I mean, California's right there on the other side of the ocean. Like, you know. Mm, that's true. We gotta, gotta, we gotta, cover our, gotta cover our bases, man. And that aide's name is Kyoko Ann Patterson. And then we also have our protagonist, Rondo Yaguchi. Basically kind of getting promoted, like, at every turn, because he's, like, the only guy with the ideas that are seeming to work. Pretty much. So, Kayoko Ann Patterson is played by Trina Nishimura, who you would know as Mikasa Ackerman in both the live-action and animated versions of Attack on Titan, uh, Chain Sugarugi in Blood Blockade Battlefront, uh, Megumi Takani in the live-action Roroni Kenshin, and Navi Ro in Monster Hunter Stories Right On. Uh, Rondo Yaguchi is played by Todd Haberkorn, who you might have heard is... Ajin Demihuman as Yu Tasaki, uh, Rocky and Claymore, Layton in Mobile Suit Gundam Thunderbolt, which I really need to get to, mm. and Death the Kid in Soul Eater. So, I am mostly okay with everybody in the movie. They, they all do a great job at what <clears throat> in their roles. Um, I'm not a fan of Trina Nishimura's Kayoko. Mm -hmm. It's not because of her performance, though. Mm -hmm. It's because of the way Kyoko was written in the original film. Mm, yeah. Uh, she, her dialogue is a lot of English, kind of peppered into her Japanese. Mm. And it doesn't translate well. Right. When you try to move it over into the dub. Right. Like, it, she did a valiant job with what she had. Mm hmm. But, man, that. That dialogue is just a mess when it comes to her. Because, mm. I mean, you can see at points when her lines basically sync up perfectly with the actress's mouth. Mm -hmm. I don't think that was done accidentally, and it kind of stunted her lines. Mm. Right, like, we, you know, we have actual English dialogue to match here, so we gotta match the English dialogue. Also, it's kind of, on that note, it's also kind of weird. In, there's a lot of instances of American characters kind of showing up. Yeah, I was wondering that. I, I was watching. End. I was watching that, wondering like, because like I wasn't, you know, I, I wasn't sure. It's like, is that that they sounded the Japanese as well, or did they dub over the Americans already speaking English? Yeah. Th like how how do like how does that? Are you allowed to do that, or do you have to dub them over because like otherwise you'd have to like send some sort of royalty to that actor for being in your dub now. Like, how does this work? That's pro that's what I'm assuming the situation is. Right. Which, like, that's that's weird. Like, okay, but that's still... It's like... What is it? There's some, there's some like, very, very old, like... It's like a Hercules movie. It's some Italian sword and sorcery movie. And Christopher Lee's in it. But this is back when, like, they never, like, recorded anything on set. You ADR'd everything in post. So it's Christopher Lee, but some other random dude is voicing him. And it's very jarring to watch. Oh my god. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's very jarring. Uh, and this is sort of the same way. It's like, I wonder, like, this, like I, I meant to, like, go back and look at it in Japanese just because I was curious. And I was like, does this even sound like the same guy? Like, what's going on here? This is very strange. And uh, Todd Haberkorn's Rando, I, I really liked it. Mm -hmm. I didn't think I would because, I mean, the, uh, the voice cast was announced, like, three months ago. Via a press release coinciding with the uh, with the solicitation of the Blu-ray, mm -hmm. and I look at it and it's like Todd Habercorn, really? It, it didn't seem like it would fit on paper, and I was proven wrong. You no, know, I, I agree. I thought he did a very good. You know, I think it's weird. Todd Habercorn in my mind, and I'm sure part of this is that I'm watching Fairy Tale recently, but in my mind, he's one of these people. He's got a very like Shonen protagonist voice. Yeah, which you know feels like a very odd fit for this movie. I think it's partially, like, in a weird way, Yaguchi is kind of like, this is what a shonen protagonist would be like in this world. Where, like, he's not, like, badass per se, but where he's in a position where, like, well, you're bleeding, but bandages are kind of a preemie right now. He's like, I'm okay. 
go go use bandages for somebody else. I'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I thought he, he did very he did very well in this role. I thought he did a very good job, you know, given that he's, like, one of the few characters who's, like, in pretty much any scene with people in it, I thought he did a very good job try, uh, carrying the movie. Yeah. I'm impressed. Same here. So, um, I kind of wanted to use the final thoughts section to kind of go off on a little rant. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, for the Blu-ray release of Shin Godzilla, Funimation's release... Uh, they kind of did something really not very controversial, but somehow it ended up being that way. Mm-hmm. Where they removed the huge block of Japanese text from the bottom of the screen. Whenever they introduce like, a character or a new type of tank or helicopter, like, it, it would be this big old block of Japanese text. And I assume it would have had to have been subtitled. They would have probably had to reformat the dialogue subtitles around that. Mm-hmm. So, so they just took it out. They they probably got masters that didn't have them in, you know, right. quick fix. Yeah. But somehow, you know, Anna Twitter kind of got itself, you know, got its panties in a bunch about it for some reason. Mm-hmm. Like... To the point, Manga UK even came out and said, "Oh yeah, we're gonna have these this awkward block of text in our uh, in our theatrical release, even though it's probably in probably baked into the theatrical master." Right. So. Yeah, I remember I remember seeing that and thinking to myself, y- y- "You know, you know, Toho probably sends the version without the big kanji block text to everybody, right?" Like, yeah, like. Listeners at home, I don't know if you know this, but I think we alluded to it earlier. Toho are very controlling of how their movies get released overseas these days. You don't get to put anything out without Toho's say-so. Media Blasters did that once, and it basically borked their entire relationship with Toho permanently. Like, they do not let you fuck around. At all. It almost borked their entire company. Exactly. Like... Like, if, if it looks like that, it's probably because Toho said that's what it's going to look like, not some decision on Funimation's part. Like, they're the ones they're the ones in charge of these movies at the end of the day. Like, even, even more so than probably any of the anime Funimation works with. Like, what Toho says goes. And not to mention, you also kind of have the double whammy of Studio Kara being involved as well. Mm-hmm. Namely because, and I probably should have mentioned this at the beginning of the episode... It is co-directed by Hideaki Anno <laughs> of Evangelion fame. Also, also a man known for being very particular about how his uh, stuff looks and gets released. Like, there's there's a lot, there's a number of people and companies higher up the food chain than Funimation who get to call these shots. And I, I, I feel like laying this at their feet is both unfair and suggests that uh, a lot of the people talking about this don't don't know enough about the background to really. You know, ha- yeah, I feel like they're coming from a place of uh, they just don't know. Yeah, they don't. They don't. They don't remember that time that that Media Blasters had to like recall an entire release and strip a commentary off it because they hadn't asked for Toho's permission first. Oh no! Like it was. I think worse than that. Wasn't under- it? It was from my understanding they got a bunch of production photos off the internet oh, and put it on the Blu-ray. Oh no. Oh no, Media Blasters. And then Toho got win, got really mad about it, and forced not only the recall of, I believe it was Destroy All Monsters. I think, that, yeah, I th- I that think that's that sounds correct. I remember that being the one that was like in print for like a hot second and then you could not get it anymore, so I think you're right. They not only recalled Destroy All Monsters, but also Godzilla vs. Megalon as well, which I... I can't recall if that one actually had any issues with it. I, th- I I I know with one of them, I think what happened was it had a commentary by an like an American sort of you know scholarly Godzilla fan kind of dude, and uh, I believe they did not okay oh, that with Toho yeah. either. And there's there's like a couple of them that got out before it was recalled. And you can still sometimes find them, but I remember that also got them in a lot of trouble, and they had to like, and you know you'll notice anything. No, <laughs> I think that. I feel like that was they didn't pay the guy. Oh no! Who did the commentary. God damn it, Media Blasters! Why are you terrible? And he got, and he got mad about it, and they had to recall the disc. 
Yeah, you know, you know, Media Blasters, you were the only ones putting out all these, like, non-Godzilla Toho sci-fi movies that I like, and now I can't buy them anymore because they're out of print. Thanks. Well, they did get Yami Bo out, they kind did. of, yeah. so... They have their moments, but just, oh. Anyways, point being, Toho, don't, they don't fuck around. Like, if, if, the, if the American release doesn't have the big block kanji letters, that's probably their call. Yeah. Not Funimation's. But uh, overall, though, like, this has to be one of, if not the best, of the Godzilla dubs that have come out. This one, I mean, this one's very, I mean, I feel like I've not seen all, you know, that too, too many Godzilla dubs as it is. And when I see them, I generally watch, like, Japanese version. Uh, so my knowledge, it's not a hot, super high bar to clear, but I don't say that to knock this performance at all. I think this is, like, very high quality given the... Uh, kind of trouble you run into trying to make a good live action dub of a movie. Yeah, and I think, and I think, like also, like given like all the limitations, I think are kind of baked into that. I thought they did a fantastic job presenting this. Yeah, I I've generally been mostly impressed with Funimation's live action dubs. Mm. Uh, Roroni Kenshin is probably the high point, mm. but uh, also Yamato wasn't all that bad. Mm. I mean. I would still favor the sub version of live action Yamato, but I could recommend the dub to somebody who can't or won't watch something subtitled. Yeah. So, you can find Shin Godzilla on Blu-ray and DVD through whatever retailer you use for Blu-rays and DVDs. Uh, it is also available for sale on Amazon's digital marketplace. Um, I'm not actually sure where else digitally you might be able to find it. Probably, like, Xbox, yeah. PlayStation, iTunes, Google. Yeah, I, I suspect, like, you're the, your usual roundup of, like, uh, down, down, digital download movie distributors probably have their hands on it at this point. Mm. And I'm not entirely sure if the dub would be available or if it's exclusive to the Blu-ray or DVD, but either way, it is, it is a very, very great and powerful film that you should check out. Agreed. Dub or sub, you cannot go wrong with this one. Basically a classic tale of <laughs> bureaucracy getting shit done when they finally clear the red tape. Mm-hmm. So I think I, I think I think I can answer your question. I'm looking at the Google Play listing for Shin Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, it claims it has not neither audio or subtitles in my language, but is available in Spanish. I don't know what that means, but huh. <laughs> so, I don't know, maybe, maybe okay, I've well, got to the Spanish page, I don't know. Either way, you can find it there at the very least, so keep it in mind. Yeah, I mean, you would probably want to, like, pick up the Blu-ray anyway, yeah. so... It's, and, it's, um, a, it's, they, it's a very nice set. Pick it up. They do also have a standalone DVD version, mm -hmm. if Blu-ray's not your thing. But, I mean, the Blu-ray has, like, that nice black Blu-ray case. It, and and for, they put a lot of... And, for that matter, it comes with a DVD, so... Yeah, yeah. Yes, no, it's, it's, it, looks, it looks very nice. It is a it's quite a nice little release on their part. And a nice little embossed cardboard case. Mm -hmm. uh, there's also a bonus feature on it that I haven't seen, Nerds vs. Godzilla. I'm not exactly sure what it is. I watched a little bit of it. It's like it's like a little promotional, like half-hour featurette of uh, someone in Funimation marketing having an interview with like some Godzilla fans. They have like uh, they, have, they have the guy who like does a lot of the art for the IDW Godzilla comics that are coming out these days. Oh, sick! Uh, and a couple other people who they're who they are is escaping me right now because that's the one that stuck out to me because I've read some of those IDW comics and they're pretty dope. Yeah, I've heard really good things about them. They're 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 what you want because they they have you know it's drawn so you can have every all the monsters in them all the time. It's great. Not to mention you know when you call a comic Godzilla goes to hell, right? Like there's <laughs> no way you can't have a good time with a comic book called Godzilla goes to hell, where Godzilla uh, actually goes to hell oh. and fights Satan. It's that sounds like the best time I love, ever. I love comics so much. They're so good. Uh, comic books are a wonderful, wonderful medium. Oh. So, yeah. So, Amon, where can we find you on the internets? Uh, on the internets, you can find me at, uh, at Amon US on Twitter, where I usually uh, 
Uh, post songs occasionally, and then just sort of bitch and moan about whatever I've watched recently, uh, in, for some level of uh, competency. Uh, you can also occasionally find me at uh, worldthatscoming.blogspot.com, where I very occasionally post like articles and reviews that I come up with. And uh, let's see, do I have a song for today? I'm very sad. The only thing that's coming to mind is Godzilla by Blue Oyster Cult, which is so obvious I don't want to leave it with that. But you know what? Godzilla is a great song. Go listen to it. Yeah, it is. It's a great song. Uh, Roots, where, where can we find you on the internet? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Roots of Justice. I retweet pug pictures. I wear a nice, comfortable tinfoil hat. Oh, it's a great time. It is a very good time. You, you should follow him, listeners at home. It is a choice Twitter feed. And, um, I mean, if you're watching this video, you probably know where we are. But in the event this is embedded in some, <clears throat> some Tumblr post or or Twitter feed, um, you can find us at youtube.com slash dubtalk. Uh, we also have a Twitter account, uh, dubtalk podcasts. Um, all three words are together, no hyphens, no nothing. All three words are capitalized. And that it will also take you to our Instagram and Tumblr pages. Yes, we are on the social medias. We are good at them. Yes, it's true. We appeal to the young people these days. Them kids! <laughs> oh, these kids. With their, with their cell phones and the PlayStation 5s and the... Kids kids these days, they don't, they don't even know how much of an Evangelion episode this show is, I tell ya. It's terrible. We had to walk in the snow 15 miles for our Godzilla VHS tapes. Uphill! Both ways in the snow! And after time, when you got to the store, it turns out some other kid got the one you wanted, so you had to get Godzilla's revenge again. Oh. Okay. So, from Dub Talk, we would like to wish you a good night, and Otaku Wonder Dubbers! Good night, nerds. <laughs> <laughs>